Hey, Happy New Year, County Fire. Happy, happy New, New Year. Year. Cat keeps telling me it's the Roaring Twenties. It is I, Roaring Twenties. I don't even know what that 20s. means. It's the, yeah, Roaring Twenties. Well, yeah. the next century. We'll believe you. No, I, decade. It is <laughs> then it'll be the Roaring Thirties. We're off to a great start. Hey, um, I just want to take a minute and thank you guys for your service last year and just tell you how proud I am to, to serve you guys in this new position for me. Now, with the... Uh, the Insight Lives that we've done in the past, it's just been the fire chief up there and answering a bunch of questions. I want to change that up a little bit. I want to have guests come in throughout County Fire to talk a little bit about what's going on in County Fire and just kind of give a good overview of what's happening in their areas. So today, the first person I've asked is Dale because one of the first questions I get when I'm visiting stations, Dale, is how come it takes so long for the fire engines to get out to the, the fire stations? <sighs> okay. So this is a question we actually get asked quite a bit at the shop too and on the apparatus committee um, to make it as quick as possible and as simple as I can the type ones for instance take a year to be built so if I place an order today your fire truck is 360 days out before it gets delivered to California from Pennsylvania um, after that it's going to show up at our shop we're going to do a few things to it for the upfitting which takes roughly six weeks just for one vehicle so depending on where your rig is in line on the upfitting because sometimes we have grant timelines we have to meet and such um, it could take up to another six months before you see your vehicle at the station after it's delivered to the shop so you're looking at a possible year and a half um, that's just something we're currently working on and we're trying to change the way we do things around the shop and organize things differently so that we can make it better and more efficient but right now, we're uh, all I can promise you is that we're working on it. So real quick, I want to give you a, a rundown of the vehicles that are being purchased um, on my whiteboard in my office. Currently, I have three fiscal years uh, worth of purchases on the board. We're finishing up uh, Medic Engine 222 will be the new Medic Engine 222 will be delivered to the station sometime this week. Medic Engine 74 will be done in just a few weeks. We have five new type ones that were just delivered to our shop last week and the week before. Uh, that's Medic Engine 26, which is a 4x4, 75, 79, 161, and 302. We have six more type ones on the line in Pennsylvania being built. We expect those to be delivered somewhere around November, December this year. Uh, we have the new water tender 42. It's here in California, um, but we haven't taken delivery of it yet at our shop. We got Swiftwater 72s in the shop being upfit right now. Boat 96 is in the shop being upfit. We have uh, BC vehicles. Tuttle and Halseth will uh, receive theirs soon. Theirs are almost being finished, uh, almost finished now. We have Mahan and O'Hara are next in line. And we just got five more BC vehicles arrived at the shop last week. Uh, we have a Pierce Tiller slated for 224, should be delivered around February or March. We have, uh, we just placed an order for our first KME Tiller, which we're very excited about. Um, that's slated for 221, should be delivered around January, February 2021. We have seven new ambulances coming. So that'll be 302A, 304, and 305. Those will be the first to come in in the next couple of months. We got 2541 and 305A should arrive around June. And we did place an order for the replacement ambulance of Medic Ambulance 26 after it went on its side. So that one should come in around June like the others. Uh, we have a new camp, camp superintendent vehicle should be delivered to the shop soon. 
Two new SWAT medic vehicles will be delivered around the end of this month. A new uh, utility with a snowplow has been ordered for 25, and a skid steer snow loader has been ordered for Station 96. Both are about 90 days out. We have a water tender for 322 has been ordered, but that one's a long way out. The PO was just cut. We're looking at 14 months before we can get the cabin chassis. That's probably a two-year build. Uh, we got a box truck for HHW, a forklift for HHW, forklift for the warehouse, forklift for the D Street shop, and a new uh, F-150 for OES. And we will be ordering a Type 3 and a new training officer truck and a new forklift for the training grounds before fiscal year end. And that's what I have. You know, Dale, uh, you forgot to mention this truck right here, and Tracy's telling me, I don't know if you guys can see it, it says Duner, Duty Honor Community, that's our county fire logo, and uh, it's... Die-cast truck for sale at the warehouse. That's right, $35, so this is another one to add to your fleet. Oh, this is going to be beautiful. Yeah, you got to actually pay for that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Good afternoon, everybody. John Garber, Happy New Year uh, for training and safety. Just going to update you guys on some stuff going on with training. So um, as of February 7th, we're going to be a uh, ALA for our training center. That's a big uh, milestone for us. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, with that, training is going to be working on the Firefighter 1. So if those of you who need that, uh, get a hold of us and let us know. The Truck Academy will be starting on January 9th. Uh, thanks to the Truck Cattery for putting that together. Um, we're working real hard on videos, um, trying to put the firefighter skills video and then trying to go beyond that so we can have all our skills in a database where captains can look at it as they get new firefighters that come out. Um, they can go in their office, catch up, and then go out and train and we can all be on the same page. So that's pretty big. So big topic is modern fire behavior. That's going to be phase two. We're going to be starting that January 22nd and pretty much running all the way through February 13th. So you guys ask, what is phase two? Well, phase one was the box where we all pretty much sat there and watched fire behavior. The phase two, um, we're actually gonna be pulling hoses, um, entering, the structure, entering the structure, utilizing the stuff you learned in phase one, along with tick use, door control, water application, VIS, and transitional tech. So all this training is gonna be placed on your POD. Um, make sure you guys arrive on time and ready to go so we can start the training. Bring your second set of turnouts in your PPE because we will be doing gross contamination and then we'll be able to bag those guys, those up for you. You can take them back to the station and wash them. Let's see, uh, training calendar. So the training calendar is out 2020. Um, go ahead in a couple places you can find that. We're trying to update it. FireNet will have it. So if you look under calendars, training calendar, that's like the live version. So if you go on there, it's a little di di different look but you'll be able to see the training. Target Solutions has a calendar that's usually there, and that's underneath the, the bulletin board, 2020 Fire Rescue course calendar. And then for outside agencies or people on the outside looking for a test, you can also go to the website, sbcfire.org. Other services and programs, then you go down the EMS Special Operations Training, Training Schedule, and then Course Schedule. I know it's kind of long, but that's how you get to that. And then uh, don't forget about our hazmat drills coming up January 21st, February 28th, and May 12th. And that's all we have from training. Thanks. Afternoon, everybody. Kat Opliger. How are you all? Um, as you know, operations is very busy, so I'm just going to hit a few of the high points. 
I am uh, meeting with your battalion chiefs on Thursday, uh, a meeting we have about every three months. Um, we have a great turnout for that. We get to hit a lot of the high points, address a lot of the issues, so continue to have great communications with the battalion chiefs so we can get those things um, escalated at my level and, of course, to the chief's level so we can address any of the issues out there. But just to hit a couple of the high points, in support of the community risk reduction programs you're going to see being rolled out a lot, uh, we're looking at anything that's um, predictable is preventable. So uh, one of the ways operations will address that is to look at um, uh, a, a myriad of different fuels treatments we can do out there to 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 prevent those fires we get every year, specifically Little Mountain, right? We get that every year, so we'll look at different ways to um, involve other departments within the county, other stakeholders, um, our own uh, crews, camp program, et cetera, to, to look at different fuel treatments, um, both mechanical and um, live fire to deal with that. So we are, we're gonna look at all the places where we have these very high occurrences annually, in fact, of um, wildfires that um, threaten homes and start building that community risk reduction uh, program uh, successfully and hopefully prevent some of these these um, fires that we get annually. Uh, I, I know many of you were, were um, looking at how we were dealing with the AOs who were on a different schedule. I'm pleased to say that the AOs are going to be going to the same schedule so they'll have that constant supervision, that consistency in training. We're very excited about that. That's going to be effective on February 15th. So you'll see those changes being made in Telestaff and those assignments being made here very shortly. Um, in fact, that should be happening today, that move in Telestaff. Um, you, many of you know that um, we've been looking at the expenditures in CalCards, mostly uh, trying to save some money, looking at really what we, um, how do I say it best, what, what is nice to have versus what is need to have. I did a study, I looked back over a year. We were spending about three and a half million dollars on the things that were nice to have rather than the things that we needed operationally um, in order to be effective. So what we're going to look at doing with your support is taking CalCards back to their original intent, which is to support you on strike teams, to support you on incidents, to support your station uh, emergency purchases, your budgeted purchases, and we're looking at being able to repurpose about $3 million, which is going to be fantastic for the whole department. Uh, we'll be able to shift some of that hopefully into um, some of the higher priorities that the chief has moving forward. So expect to see some of that rolling out through your battalion chiefs in the meeting we're having this week. Um, I wanted to uh, share with you just a little bit about a program that is in its infancy that's very exciting. And that's us looking at the, um, what we're, we're still playing with a name, but a, a tactical helicopter program. Really it's designed to save millions of dollars in fire stations we don't need to build, but it's designed to serve um, the uh, transportation corridors where we have no service. Um, 40, 15, 95, 177, 58, and 395. Um, we've looked at models where we have response times in excess of three hours. Um, properly positioned aircraft would limit our response time down to within that golden hour, which not only saves lives, but would save millions of dollars. Um, that's a program the Chief is very excited about, I'm very excited about. Um, it's in its infancy, but we are moving forward with, with looking at how we can get that done and getting that presented um, so that we can get the support we need. So um, 
look forward to seeing that being communicated more so you can hear more of the details as we roll that out this year. Um, lastly, I just want, I have a million other things to share with you, but I'll just cut it short and say, lastly, I just want to remind you that we're starting our fit testing in February. So please get that taken care of early. Um, so you're not on that, um, that list of, of, uh, people were running down all the time. And lastly, um, please continue to do a great job getting your reports completed. Thanks guys. Good afternoon, County Fire. Uh, Grant Hubble, Interim Division Chief uh, here at Fifth Street. Uh, Chief Munseed uh, invited me to speak on Insight this afternoon to discuss some recent promotions that were made, some upcoming promotional testing, as well as uh, a few uh, tidbits and information on our next uh, scheduled transfer meeting. Uh, so I wanted to uh, offer a hearty congratulations to the 13 candidates uh, that have been successful uh, completing the, the recent captain's promotional process. Um, I know that's a very strenuous process, so kudos to those that completed the process. Uh, we're also proud to announce the promotion of the top eight candidates on the list. Um, that's Scott Abraham, Richard Arnold, Scott Leidner, Jose Cruz, Paul Kramer, Nicholas Turner, Brian Nichols, and Peter McKernan. Congratulations again uh, to those eight candidates. Uh, you'll all be great captains. Uh, they will start their uh, week of orientation um, on the week of February 3rd. Their promotions are effective as of February 1st. And um, they'll uh, do a shadow, a week of shadow shifts following their week-long orientation. And they'll receive a permanent station assignment um, after the next transfer meeting on February 5th. Uh, just some quick updates on some upcoming promotional testing that's gonna happen. Um, yesterday and today was phase two of the BC workshop. Uh, phase three is rescheduled. These are rescheduled dates for phase three of the Battalion Chief workshop um, are scheduled for uh, February 11th and 12th. And the BC promotional test dates, um, the only dates that have changed on the Battalion Chief promotional process um, is our application dates. Um, those are uh, opening of February 1st uh, with a closing of February 18th. Uh, the simulation week of testing will be the week of March 2nd. And the oral exam presentation will be the week of March 16th and our selection interviews will be the week of March 30th. Uh, the next uh, promotional exam, it will be our engineer's promotional exam uh, with an application opening of February 8th and a closing of February 24th. Uh, the written test will be the week of March 10th and the oral interviews will be the week of March 23rd and our selection interview will be the week of March 13th. So all of those dates and many more were sent out on the 2020, uh, 2021 uh, promotional and recruitment uh, schedule on an email uh, last November. Uh, if anybody needs that, uh, let me know and I can send it to you again. Finally, our next transfer meeting is scheduled for February 5th. Uh, the memo that's announcing all of the openings will come out on January 22nd. 
That's it. Thank you. I got one question for you, Grant. When the new captains come in, we're going to do it a little bit different here, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. Um, so that's a good point. Chief Muncie just reminded me. So um, historically, we've uh, we've done uh, uh, a ceremony in November to honor those that were all promoted the previous year. Uh, we're going to do something a little different this time. Uh, so on the first day um, of the captain's orientation, which will be uh, Monday, February 3rd, uh, we're going to do a, a, a family day kind of badge pinning ceremony uh, here at Fifth Street in the board of Super old Board of Supervisors chamber um, here on the second floor. So um, all those that are getting promoted, um, information will be sent out soon with specifics. Uh, but please feel free to invite your friends and family uh, to that badge pinning ceremony. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a couple things in. We're still actually going to have the actual badge pinning ceremony. and. Um, Tracy's made sure to tell me that we absolutely have to do that. But on the first day, we just wanted the opportunity to actually hand the helmets and the badges to the individuals and have their families pin them that very first day. So to make it clear, it's at the old board chambers, which is actually in our headquarters building. It's just on the other side of the chief's wall. I never knew it was there myself until all of a sudden I was wandering the halls and I saw it. And I'd like to invite a couple of engines. If um, a couple of engines want to come and support your guys that are getting promoted, just run it up through your battalion chiefs. And I saw Mike McClintock was watching. He's going to coordinate all that for us. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. I want to introduce uh, Katrina real quick. And you guys have heard me speak about Katrina a little bit when I'm visiting fire stations. One of the things immediately upon assuming this position that I figured out is that on the fiscal budget side, uh, the administration side, we were just really short a lot of positions. And um, I'll be honest, there was some fear in some of the staff's eyes on how are we going to get through this budget year? We're not going to be using SAP. We're switching to a new system. And we approached the county and, and we said, look, we're going to need a little help. Uh, we uh, need to make sure that uh, we got things on the right track, that we're going to get through the budget year really, really quick. And we also want to look at a little bit different model of doing business, more like the Orange County model, where you have a business manager. So I'm very, very happy to introduce Katrina. I'm going to ask her to do her bio here in a second and tell you a little about what she's doing here. Thank you, Chief Muncie. Um, again, my name is Katrina Totoro, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of background about myself. I'm a lifelong resident of San Bernardino County, except for several months when my husband was stationed at Keesler Air Force Base, and my father was a probation officer for the county um, years before that I got here. Um, I, um, I started my career with the San Bernardino National Forest in 1980 and worked there for about eight and a half years in accounting, um, budget and information services. Um, then I, in 1989, I came to the county, so I've been here about 30 years. I worked in the Auditor Controller's Office for about 10 years. I was part of the EMAC's development team. I was an Auditor Representative lead on that project. And in about 1999, I came up to the CAO's office, and now I'm part of the Finance and Administration. Um, I've been the budget, I was the budget director for about five years, and also did fees and CIPs. Um, what I am doing here, though, now, um, I am. I have come from that office over here to look at the the business side of the house and look at the organization, like Chief Muncie said, and you know, including the budget, including accounting, including collections, um, and take a, a look at that organization and see how it'll best work for the fire for you at County Fire. Anyway, and it's a pleasure to be here. I'm very excited to be here and be part of your family. So thank you very much. 
And I mentioned a couple times, Katrina, you were able to walk in and you actually found that there's some revenues in the North Desert and South Desert that we hadn't been receiving in some of the taxing zones. So it's really good having a, a business-minded person here that's worked for the tax collector and has all this experience to come into county fire because it's making sure that we have our revenues that we have and then how do we streamline through our expenditures and then how do we get how do we get the most out of the other county fire departments that are here to support us so thank you Katrina it's thank good to good to have you here uh, I want to take a minute and mention our annual report that Tracy and, and Ben work so hard on I'm going to tweet out the the link to this report a little bit later take a look at it but 149,332 calls is what we ran in this this pay period that is an immense amount of calls I don't know that there's many fire departments out there I couldn't begin to tell you um, you guys just do an amazing job I'm very I'm very proud of this fire department I'm really happy with the live rescue efforts that we've seen thank you guys for continuing that to the crews that um, have been burdened a little bit with live rescue I want to thank you I know that that's not always easy We've evaluated, we think it's really good PR for this fire department, and it's something that we decided we would do this one last cycle. I don't know if we're gonna continue in the future, that's a conversation that I'll need to have with uh, Chili and Tracy and get that all figured out. Actually, I know what Jason's gonna tell me, I think. I also wanna thank uh, Dustin Kurjeski and Nate Lopez, Johnny Marini, and all the Modern Fire Behavior staff for this last round, last round, and then to ask them to come in again for an entire month and get our whole department done in one cycle. That's incredibly important. This is changing the way we're doing business and getting our entire department through to make sure everybody's using that same skill set is just incredibly important. Uh, I know there was some concern that we brought in some of the training officers from other departments to teach them how we were doing modern fire behavior. There were some comments that were made that uh, we denied some training for our guys yet here we are training other departments. That's true and when we're talking about radically changing the way you fight fire on a day-to-day -day basis we never know who's going to be firing fire fighting fire next to us and it's incredibly important that we have the other training officers for the other agencies on the same page so thank you guys that put that together and that worked so hard to make sure that our cooperators are trained to the same level there's a couple of sad things um, that that i want to mention one is some of you may remember doug crawford he was a fire prevention officer here for for many many years uh, doug passed away this morning uh, Fire Marshal Horton was over there and, and spending time with the family and established a liaison with them and just uh, made sure that they, they know that Doug's still part of our county fire department and that we're sad to see him pass. And I also wanted to, to just uh, reach out to Tony Harbeck. Tony's been our, just a great mechanic now for as long as I've been here in county fire and unfortunately Tony lost his son this weekend um, from apparent natural causes and that's just really heartbreaking to see Tony and, and his family go through that. We, uh, we often, when, it, when I've gone around the fire stations and I've asked what's the good in county fire that we need to protect at all costs, the one thing I'll hear is our culture and then our empowerment. And people will bring up James Salazar and starting that hand crew. And, and uh, James, I doubt you're watching this because I don't think you're much of a Facebook guy. I don't know. But um, thank you for what you did. And I want to encourage that every one of us go out there and be a Salazar. Let's work hard to make county fire better. Let's look at these programs, whether it's the helicopter program or a hand crew program, continue to build just something that we're incredibly proud of. Thank you.